0: the While You Are Single podcast. O.J. Tokes' new, revised, and updated book, While You Are Single, A Guide to Finding and Keeping the Right Mate for Your Life, is now available. For more details about the book, please visit whileyouaresingle.org. Meanwhile, enjoy the podcast. Here is O.J. Tokes.
1: Some of you here are in step one. God is taking you out Of something, someone, or someplace. Some of you are in step two. God is causing you to rest. Some of you are in step three. God is taking things out of you. Some of you are in step four. God is bringing closure to some things. And I like to believe some of you are in step five. You're about to meet, marry, and find the love of your life and get married. We can see this process with Abraham. We're going to look at him a little bit. Like I told you, this is not just about getting married. Abraham is the father of our faith. And we know that God promised him a land. We begin to hear about Abraham's story in Genesis chapter 12, verse 1. The Bible basically said God told him, live your country, get out of your country, Leave your family and go to a land that I will show you. Everybody say, show you. you. Leave your family to a land that I will show you. In verse 4 of Genesis 12, the Bible says, Abraham took his family and Lot went with him. I told you that when you leave an environment, chances are, You took part of that environment with you. God didn't tell him to take Lot. He just told him, leave your family. Leave your family. And verse four, he takes Lot. To be fair, I've been bashing Lot a lot, or bashing Abraham. Because in the past, I'm I'm sure you've heard a lot of preachers, and I can almost guarantee you, you hear another minister talk about this, they're going to bash Abraham again. But the first time you hear about this in the theological world, there's this big word they call the law of first mention. Some big deal about the first time you hear something. I stand corrected, but the first time you hear about Lot is in Genesis 12, 4. And it doesn't say that Abraham took Lot with him. Beyond verse 4, you hear Abraham take Lot with him. But the first time you hear it, it doesn't say Abraham took Lot with him. What it says was, Abraham took his family, comma, and Lot went with him. Let me explain. Have you ever told a friend or somebody like, hey, I'm going to the store? And the person says, okay, when do we go? You didn't invite them. You were just telling them what you're going to do. And they just tagged along. So it seems like I'm led to believe that Lot tagged along. Why wouldn't you? This guy's a good guy. He's blessed. You know, you want to hang out with him, right? And Abraham seems to be a laid back person who doesn't want trouble. And he allowed Lot to go with him. Then I believe it's in Genesis chapter 12, verse 7. Right after Lot went with him, the Bible says, Abraham, uh, God appeared to Abraham and told him that um, the land he's taken him to, that he will give it to his descendants. Okay, I'm going somewhere with this. Follow me here. First, God says, Tells Abraham to leave his family to a land that he will show him. He allows Lot to tag along with him. Then God speaks to him again and says, I will give this land to your descendants. Okay, All right. So we're going to read Genesis. Chapter 12, verse uh, 13. Genesis. 12:13 and we're going to see what happens here. Genesis, actually Genesis chapter 13 verses 8 and 9. So Abraham took Lot, they went together, they got to a place and all hell broke loose, okay? So this is kind of the end of what was happening between Abraham and Lot. In Genesis 12, um, chapter 13, verses 8 and 9, it says, And there was strife between the herdsmen of Abraham's livestock and the herdsmen of Lot's livestock. The Canaanites and the Perizzites then dwelt in the land. So Abraham said to Lot, Please let there be no strife between you and me and between my herdsmen and your herdsmen. For we are brethren. Is not the whole land before you, Please separate from me. Everybody say separate from me. If you take the left, then I will go to the right. Or if you go to the right, then I will go to the left. Okay? Abraham and a lot of you and a lot of us will save ourselves the conflicts and the drama that often arises when we're not sanctified completely. God basically told Adam, set yourself apart completely, but he set himself apart partially. He took Lot with him, and there was chaos, there was strife, and Abraham had to do what he should have done in the first place. And he says, separate from me. And they did separate, and it appeared Lot ended up in the better environment. It looked that way, like Lot took the better part, and Abraham was stuck. But nevertheless, I want you to notice what happened after they separated. Remember the first time God told Abraham to leave his family, he said to a land, I will show you. Mm -hmm. He let Lot come with him. Then God said, I will give to your descendants. Now see what happens when Lot separated. Now, basically, he has set himself apart completely. Mm -hmm. And the Lord said to Abraham after Lot had separated from him. It says something, but I want you to notice that the Holy Spirit put that there for a reason. And the Lord said. To Abraham, the word and is a conjunction, meaning whatever comes before the end is connected to this. And the Lord said to Abraham. After Lot has separated from him, lift your eyes now and look from the place where you are northward, southward, eastward and westward for all the land which you see, I give to you and your descendants forever. Notice it's a switch. First time, God says, I'll show you a land. Second time, he says, I'll give to your descendants. Third time, he said, here you go. Some people are like, God, where is my mate? I've been serving you all this time. Some people are like, where's my promotion? Where's my breakthrough? Where can my business go forward? What's going on? And God is like, have you set yourself apart completely? There's no point in God giving you the mate or the promotion or the breakthrough when the person that you should have separated from is going to interfere with what God has for you. Not only that, three things popped out after Lot left. The Bible says, number one, he told Abraham, lift up your eyes now. He did not know that he was already where he needed to be. Number one, lift up your eyes. Number two, from where you are. Number three, he gave him the land. Everything you see north, south, east, west is yours. So in other words, Abraham didn't know he was supposed to be where he needed to be. Until Lot left and God says, open your eyes. I told you some of us are in a state of rest. Sometimes we're, we're not seeing anything because of who's around us. We're not seeing anything because of who's around us. They are clogging our discernment, especially in some cases where the person around you is telling you he can't go out with him, telling you what's wrong with him and what's wrong with her, so you don't even think about him or her because your girlfriends, your buddies, your boys, or whoever you surround yourself with, which may be worldly articles, worldly literature, worldly programs and they are clogging you from seeing what God wants you to see and God is like I told you set yourself apart completely where is he where is her where is the breakthrough God's like silent then Lot left then he says lift up your eyes now from where you are He was already in the right place. I wonder how many people are exactly where they need to be. And they're thinking they're in the wrong place. I need to leave this environment. I need to leave this church. I need to leave this ministry. I need to leave here because there ain't nothing happening. And they go wherever they go, and they're going through the same thing. Because it's not the issue. It's what you're surrounding yourself with. You're not completely set apart. You're not completely sanctified. From where you are, I give it to you and your descendants. First time, God says, leave your family to a land I will show you. How many of you hear people say or people prophesy or pastors or ministers say, oh, God has a plan for your life. Oh, you can't see it. There's a vision for it. Oh, God has a plan. He's going to show you. He's going to reveal to you. Yeah, that's what God tells you when He's setting you apart from something. Then you get to the next step. But when you're not completely set apart, you start hearing stuff like, because God didn't say it was going to give him the land. The first time we hear God say he's going to give it to him was after Lot left. The second time when Lot came with him, all God says, I'll give to your descendants. How many of you hear people say, oh, you hear people prophesy, oh, your brother, he's going to be blessed. (laughs) Oh, man. Even your grandpa, who needs to be seeing the Lord, oh, he's going to get a new car. In fact, he got a new car. He's like, hey, I got a new car. And you're like, man, I've been believing God for a car all this time. You know, so-and-so, you get a you get a wedding invitation to their wedding. And you're going to be one of the bridesmaids, you know, or one of the groomsmen. Because you're not completely set apart. Now, thank God for all those other people. Thank God for their blessings. For some of them, they set themselves apart completely. And God blessed them with a bride and a, a, a husband or whatever the case for some of them. They went to Las Vegas, whichever the case. You have a blessing as well, but God needs you to set yourself apart completely so that it's not you just hearing about other people getting married. It's you sending out your invitation for others to come to your wedding. It's not you congratulating everybody else, which is a great thing, which is something we need to do. We need to celebrate others, but others will start celebrating you because you set yourself apart completely. Abraham was told to leave his family. Genesis chapter 12, first book in the Bible. Have any of you ever asked the question, why did God tell him to leave in the first place? Why? Why? We just know God told him to leave. I don't know about you guys, but just like you, I I never really bothered to ask why did God tell him to leave? I never really bothered until, honestly, I got the answer even before I asked the question. You know, sometimes God answers you before you even ask. And the answer came four chapters later in the fifth book of the Bible, in Joshua, chapter 24, verse 2. And I'm going to read it for you. Joshua 24, verses 1 and 2, it says, And Joshua said to all the people, this is after they, they, they left, the, uh, they, they were getting into the promised land and all that kind of stuff. Imagine the years that have passed. And Joshua said to the people, thus says the Lord God of Israel, your fathers, including Terah, Terah was Abraham's dad, in case some of you don't know. Your fathers, including Terah, the father of Abraham, is right there, <laughs> and the father of Nahor, dwelt on the other side of the river in old times, and they served other gods. And they served all the gods. Notice the word then. Notice the word then. The word then is there. It's a conjunction. It means the word before then is connected to the word after then. Then I took your father Abraham from the other side of the river and led him throughout all the land of Canaan and multiplied his descendants and gave him Isaac the promise. We're not about the land, but Joshua gives us more details. It wasn't just the land. God gave him after he set himself apart completely. He gave him the promise, Isaac, the most cherished thing he wanted. And some of you watching, some of you here, you have something you cherish very much. And God is trying to tell you there is a reason, there is a purpose. Why I want you set apart completely. I told you, Abraham was from dirt. Um, uh, Adam was from dirt. The dirt, filthiness represents a messed up situation. His dad, Terah, worshipped other gods. That's dirt. That's a messed up situation. God took Abraham out and took him. To the promised land. I guess the promised land is the land you get your promise. And he got Isaac as well as gotten into the promised land. And I'm going to close with this: Boaz and Ruth. I love the story. I talk about it so many times. We love the story. Boaz is the quintessential godly man. He's wealthy. He's prominent. He's popular. He is the man. He is the biblical bachelor, so to speak. And Ruth is the unassuming girl that gets lucky. It's uh, the picture of the girl in all the chick flicks you watch that doesn't seem to deserve the man. I know in some chick flicks it's the man that doesn't deserve the girl. I can't even remember of any like that, but usually it seems like it's the lady that doesn't deserve the guy. And Ruth ends up with this guy. And that is the overview of the story. But there were some details to it. Ruth had to go through the process to get to Boaz. If you don't know the story of Ruth, read it. It's four chapters. It's the book of Ruth, just four chapters. To cut a long story short, uh, Ruth ended up with this guy named Boaz. But she went through the process. The first process is in Ruth chapter one. The Bible says she left Moab. See, Boaz lived in Israel. And the Israelites were the children of God. So in a sense, the Environment of Israel was where God was. All other nations were ungodly nations, including Moab, the Moabites. They were an ungodly nation. They had paganistic practices. That's where Ruth lived. But she left against all odds. See, there was another person with Ruth. Her name was Orpah. It's my understanding that's where we get the name Oprah. They kind of mispronounced it, and they called out Oprah instead of Orpah. But nevertheless, Ruth and Orpah, they had the opportunity to leave. Orpah decided to stay. And we never hear of her anymore in chapter one. But Ruth set herself apart from Moab. And that move in chapter two, bam, she meets Boaz just like that. They met in Ruth chapter two. They even talked in Ruth chapter two. They even ate in Ruth chapter two. But that's it. Nothing else happened. That was it. Some of you can relate with that. You meet a guy. Or you meet a lady. Maybe you have coffee. Maybe you have lunch. Or maybe dinner. Just two of you. Maybe you even go to the movies. But that's it. It doesn't go beyond that. And you're wondering <laughs> what happened? You know, what happened? Wasn't I cute enough? Wasn't I, you know, attractive? Wasn't I interesting? What happened? He said, well, chances are you went completely sanctified. (laughs) You left the environment like Ruth, but that's it. There's more that needs to be done. In Ruth chapter 3, I'm going to read it. Chapter 3, verse 3, Ruth's mother-in-law says, Therefore, wash yourself and anoint yourself Put on your best garment and go down to the threshing floor because Boaz was there. So she was instructing her to change her clothes, look nice and go meet the guy. Okay. from a practical standpoint, of course, you need to look good, you know, uh, for guys and for ladies. I think the ladies already know this. Do your hair, lipstick, you know, spray yourself, whatever. That's cool. But fellas, man, we need to do a better job. (laughs) We need to do a better job. We need to learn to stop this, because I did this when I was uh, younger. I said, I ain't seen nobody. Why, I need to groom myself, you know what I'm saying, you know what I'm saying? Yo, I don't need to dress, because, you know. But, guys, why? (laughs) My sister knows. (laughs) My sister knows. Because that was my mindset. I'm like, I'm not seeing nobody. I didn't get my hair cut. I wouldn't get to cut my hair for like two months. <laughs> I'm cutting it because even I'm noticing. Okay, I'm looking like Sasquatch right now. I need to do something. <laughs> my mindset was, I'm not dating anybody. Why well, I need to groom myself. When I get married, then I can dress up. But You know, guys, we can't have that mindset. (laughs) While you are single, (laughs) while you are single, let's say, you know, it's okay to wear a belt. (laughs) It's okay to wear a belt. Wear, tuck in your shirt, you know, wear a nice shirt or whatever. You don't have to go overboard, you know what I'm saying? Just look good. Look, you know, presentable, you know, nevertheless. (laughs) So she told her to dress up. That's nice, but let's go deeper than that, Okay. He tells her to wash herself. Remember I told you one of the synonyms for the word set apart, sanctify, is wash. And she said, change your garments. What does that mean? Something I never told you. If you know the story of Ruth, she was married before in Moab. Her husband died. So she moved to Israel. But like I said, you leave an environment. Chances are you take that environment with you. You see, in the Israelite culture, the way a person dresses is a representation of their status. If you are a priest, you dress a certain way. That's a priest. If you were the king, you dress a certain way. That's the king. If you had leprosy, you dressed a certain way. That person is a leprous. If you were a widow, you dressed a certain way. So when she's telling her, change your garment, she's not just saying look nice and everything like that. Chances are she was dressed as a widow. Change your garment. She took her dead husband with her. Some people haven't received their Boaz, so to speak, because they keep carrying that old relationship with them. They're still carrying the stigma from that relationship that it didn't work. Remember when Jesus rose from the dead? The ladies came with spices. An angels showed up and said, Why do you see Seek the living among the dead. Too many people are mentally spicing up dead relationships and trying to go into a new one. And God is like, it's not going to work. You got to shed that garment. You got to change your garment. I told you I will give you a garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. And what did he say is going to give us for ashes? Sorry. Beauty. Beauty for ashes. Get rid of the ashes. Change your garments. So she did so. OK. She did so. And in Genesis, uh, Ruth, chapter three, verse six, she goes to where Boaz was. And the Bible says, so she went down to the threshing floor. Everybody say threshing floor. And did according to all that her mother-in-law instructed her. And after Boaz had eaten and drunk and his heart was cheerful, he went to lie down at the end of the heap of grain. And she came softly, uncovered his feet and lay down. She went to the threshing floor. Threshing floor is where they separate wheat from chaff. In other words, this is a picture of, okay, so she has shed the garment, but hardly going to where Boaz was, and both, everybody say both. both. Both of them lying down on the threshing floor is a picture of two people being set apart because the threshing is separation of wheat from chaff, the bad part of corn with the good part of corn. They kind of separated. Okay, that's what they do. That's what threshing is, basically. The fact that both of them were there, letting us know that both of them are going through the process of being set apart and they were lying down. They were resting. (laughs) They were both resting. My point is, some of you might feel like God is only working on me. No, he's working on the other person as well. And the other person didn't know that until they got together and discovered that that's what's happening. I'm cutting the story here in chapter four. They got married. Okay. Okay. But everybody goes through this process. Number one, God has to set you apart from something, someone, someplace before he can set you up. Number two, he has to set you down. Number three, he has to set a part of you, meaning that hole. He has to fix or adjust it and close it. Uh, Number four, uh, that's number four, right? Number one, sets you apart from some things. Number two, he sets you down. Number three, he sets some things apart from you, takes things from you. Number four, he sets a part of you, fills that hole, brings closure. Number five, he sets you up. Amen? Amen. Thank you very much.
0: Thank you for listening to the podcast. We hope you are informed, inspired, and impacted. If you'd like to learn more about O.J. Toke's, his books, blog, music, and his monthly ministry for singles, please visit while you are single.org. That is WhileYouAreSingle.org. If you've been blessed by the podcast, we encourage you to please share with your friends. Until next week's podcast, take care and stay blessed.